Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, what's up? And welcome to another episode of the Grindline Podcast. You're listening to episode 151. And I am back tonight with Ryan and Tyler, who have decided to, I guess, join me after episode. They had to take episode 150 off. But how are you guys doing tonight? You were way more excited to introduce the last episode with Brandon and Ethan than you were with me and Tyler. It was episode 150, man. Milestone episode. Um, You decided to miss it. And we missed it. Look at that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what number we're on until we actually get on here. Does that? So uh, I don't even care. Well, I just miss when we used to do like, you know, episode 91 and it was the Sergey Fedorov episode. Like I miss being able to do that, but obviously with triple digits, you really can't do that. Back when I'd have hockey reference open, looking at what hockey with the Red Wing player wore that episode number. Yeah, we haven't gotten to triple digit uh, the Anderson episode. (laughs) Oh, Lord. Uh, We got quite a bit to talk about tonight. We're going to talk about the past couple games that the Red Wings have played. We're on a now a winning streak, two game winning streak, beating the Blues and the Sabres. Is that a streak? Two games is a streak. It's more than one. Uh, Anything past one is a streak, isn't it? Ish. I mean, I'll give it to you. We're on a heater, Ryan. Two games. (laughs) (laughs) But. We've got uh, a mailbag where we've got some questions from people on Twitter and Discord. We are also going to talk a little bit about I, every episode, Lucas Raymond. It's the Lucas Raymond show, uh, mm-hmm. the Grindline mm-hmm. podcast featuring Lucas Raymond on every episode. So I think we'll start off by uh, just going over, I guess we had, like Tyler had said before we started recording, a miserable loss to the Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> just a, a team you really shouldn't lose to. And and knowing it's a team you shouldn't lose to, we probably should have expected to lose, right? Well, at least we got a point. Oh, <laughs> see, that's where it sucks. It's the at least we did this. Oh, but find the silver linings, right, Tyler? Hey, I, oh wait, this okay. The silver lining is the fact that Dylan Larkin scored a goal and Lucas Raymond got another point. So I guess that's the win out of that. That's whole what I debacle. look for now in every game. If we lose, but like Raymond and Cider and Larkin get points, I don't mm-hmm. care. Like, keep it going. Even better, because Larkin's my top center on my fantasy team right now. So oh. every game is just me getting a, a mild chub, knowing that Larkin's on the ice. I've got Cider on my team. He's doing great. Who's got Raymond? Do we know who has uh, Raymond? Because damn I them. Know. Yeah, I know. I uh, damn them straight to hell. Make, make a trade. And, and they look good now. So the last game was great. I mean, they kind of flubbed it in the past, in the last, like, couple minutes to tie the game up. And then they end up winning in overtime on a beautiful, beautiful Lucas Raymond cheat code 
blows past the the defense and five holes the goalie from like 20 feet away. It was insane. He snuck um, that but- in underneath a stick that was out towards him. I can't, it's hard to describe, obviously, since we're talking about it. Defenseman skating backwards, stick reached out, feet were kind of tight together. He snuck it between the stick and the skate to a cart. Was it Tarkarski in that for Buffalo? Yep. Mm-hmm. Had no idea that thing was coming other than just kind of reacting to it. And it was like you said, it was, it's a cheat code. He keeps doing these things and he's doing it against all types of goaltenders. And it's just ah, beautiful. And, and we had talked about it and they know he's doing it and they see him doing it and they can't stop it. Mm-hmm. There's just no, there's no way they can stop it. And that's a good sign is that he's doing all this stuff. And by now they should have caught on. I mean, we're, we're over 20 games in, right? They, they should have caught on. And they just, they can't. No, it's not like he's just squeaking goals in. Like he's putting these pucks in difficult spots for these guys to try to save it. I mean, like I could talk, talking about guys he's doing against, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury, that's still the highlight for me of who who he made look foolish in his hat trick game, but he's, he's, he's roofing it. He's going five hole. He's beating guys short side. It's, it's, it's all over the place. I think that's what Angle adds, doesn't matter to him. No, it, I think that's what adds to the fact of why he's been so successful. It's what we've been waiting for Philip Sedina to have happen. Yeah. He reminds, he just, he's, he's one of those players that just like a lot of times when you watch a young player, like all the tools are there, but when it comes to uh, slowing the game down, they're not good at doing it. You know what I mean? Like that comes with time and like, you know, people always used to say this about Datsuk, that Datsuk was really good at slowing the game down. And the best players in hockey, they can slow the game down to their pace or the way they want to play it. And they can process it at a high level. And that's what Lucas Raymond does. He, mm-hmm. He's able to process the game at a high level. He knows what he's going to do with the puck before he even gets it. And then yep. when he does get it, he doesn't just hesitate and slap at the puck like sometimes Dylan Larkin will do that or sometimes Philip Zadina will do that he's he's good at slowing it down uh, weighing his options and getting the puck to where it needs to be Cider is very similar they're both very poised with the puck and Mm -hmm. I mean you you can't teach that kind of stuff and that's what's special about it several people have said it's like they've been playing in the league for like 10 years Mm -hmm. it's it's Mm -hmm. like they're vets at 19 and 20 and like Lucas Raymond now, that overtime winner makes him the second teenager to record an overtime winner and with, the other with, person is Eiserman. Yeah, no big deal. Just, he just keeps getting Eiserman, added to lists that Steve Eiserman's a part of. Steve Eiserman's a part of, or Sergei Fedorov's a part of. 40. Or, or yeah, and it's, I mean, beautiful company to be in. And, and I had talked about it with Ethan and Brandon last week as we were, were talking a little bit about his PDO where 100 is your baseline PDO. It's your repeatable, like your normal luck is at 100. If you're above, you're a little lucky, so you can come back down to baseline. If you're below, you're unlucky. Like right now, Zadina's at like a 98. He can come up to baseline, which means he'll start scoring. Stuff will start happening. Where Raymond's at like a 99.8. So what he's doing right now is basically his repeatable level of hockey. It's his normal. It's not bad. As far as luck goes. No, not bad at all. No, no. I said, if he goes on a heater, watch out. He's gonna be like three point games every, every other game. So, and a recent thing just came out from NHL uh, on Twitter at NHL where they had 17 of the NHL.com writers cast their votes for the Calder trophy uh, on a five, four, three, two, one basis. Right now, Lucas Raymond in first was 77 points. Moritz Sider in second was 71. 
Dawson Mercer in third with 38. So I think they're doing okay. Know, yeah, we know who the writers love, who the analysts love. They can't stop talking about Raymond Insider. He's one of the guys we've been waiting for that can, I think, take over a game and just push the team to a win. I, I think that's what we've been seeing all, all season, really. I mean, the games yeah. that we've seen where the teams just kind of shut down has been, I think, more against those like aggressive style teams, like in particular, the Calgary game, every the game when they've played against them, it's teams that are really strong and aggressive on the puck. You can say the Boston game where that got out of hand, Washington, Washington game where they were just really aggressive on them, not giving those guys room to really execute the way they have been. And it's going to be, as they continue to grow, we're going to start seeing that evolution of them being able to get through that. But when they're given that time and space, I mean, we see it with Cider, the way he's moving the puck at the point, driving the power play, for instance. And we're seeing it with Raymond. When he gets out in the open, he's, it's on. Now, he's going to have that regardless. But as these guys get older and better, it's, it's going to be scary. Yeah, it's just about adjusting, right? It's, it's, it's about learning how to, like, instead of panicking when someone's on you, being able to move the puck quickly and kind of beat that aggressive defense that the other team is playing. And I feel like a lot of those teams are not trapping the wings, but I guess they kind of are in a way because, you know, they'll send one guy down the one guy, one guy will kind of come in as like a double and, you know, there's nowhere for the guy to go with the puck and then other than reverse it. And then basically the two guys will be on you again. So it's there. They need to learn how to adjust to that. And I feel like as time goes on here, they are going to be able to make those adjustments and are going to be able to um, kind of just evolutionize their game and, uh-huh. and, and just be different and be able to beat that kind of style. Cause I mean, it, it only takes a little bit of time to realize like, okay, we need to do this in order to beat this. You know what I mean? Watching enough film, playing enough of those teams. And I feel like, you know, Boston tomorrow is going to be the same kind of situation. Boston plays a very aggressive for checking, they're not as physical and fast as they used to be, but they're still one of those teams where if you're going to dick around with the puck, they're going to take it away from you. That's Boston minus Brad Marchand. So, oh, there we go. That's good. Brad Marchand suspended three games for a slew foot in the Vancouver game they were playing. I think it was. Yeah, he, he uh, took out Ekman Larson. Yeah. So uh, he's been suspended three games, finally caught up with him. Being a dick, finally caught up with Brad Marchand. Weird. Shocking. What's funny is that, I mean, <laughs> rightfully so, people are actually pissed off about him being suspended. I'm, really? Mm-hmm. Are they some but, probable Boston fans? They're, no, they it, be no. Well, the caveat. Boston Ryan. The caveat to why they're pissed off is because P.K. Subban has done this several times this season to only fines and no suspension. Oh. So they're like, oh, but why is he suspended and he's not? Blah, blah, blah. Because he's Brad Marchand and he's done this stupid shit before and he's a piece of shit. You're talking about the guy that licked people on the face. Anyone would love to have him on their team because he's a really good hockey player. Uh-huh. He's just as a as a person on the ice. I'm not saying off the ice, but on the ice, he's a, a do, giant douche. Doesn't matter. Would you love to have the giant douche on your team because he's really good at hockey? Unfortunately. Yes. Yeah, but it's just he's not like not a great person on the ice. He could yeah. be a fantastic person off the ice. He's I definitely I will say one thing, and I do kind of agree with Boston fans. He's not 
the same guy that he used to be licking people and biting people and doing all no, that that's shit. moved on to uh, but, Brendan Lemieux. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's that's Brendan <laughs> Lemieux, which I'm sure we'll, we'll touch on at some point today. But yeah, I mean, he's definitely not the same guy he was. Yeah, he's still dirty, but I mean, I, I don't feel like he's the same guy that he used to be. Well, hold on. If, yeah, he's still dirty, so he is the same guy. But I'm I'm saying it's not as often anymore. He's like a refined dirty. <laughs> yeah, basically he, now like, he's a classy dirty player with his pinky his pinky out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Brendan Lemieux is the new one, uh, the new non-refined dirt bag. Man, what the fuck, who, man? Who bit Brady Kachuk twice? Not once during a scuffle. Twice. twice. And like bit him like mm-hmm. a two year old on a playground bit Brady Kachuk. See, and he he bit me. And the LA fans are trying to to support him on it. They're saying, "Well, Kachuk started the scuffle, okay, but you bite someone like that's what what is going on? Like seriously, what's going on in your head when you resort to biting someone twice? That wasn't life or death. No, and I mean he is his father's son i mm, guess wow i've seen the pictures of uh brendan lemieux turtling too which it's very similar <laughs> the turtling looks the same but what could compel you to bite someone you punch his face you you are on top of him on the ground you can punch him repeatedly and not probably not get suspended for it but you're gonna bite him and you're gonna put yourself in in a suspension scenario and uh, listen we already know the space between your ears is rather empty but you're also not very good at hockey. So you're going to suspend, you're going to get suspended. You, you've bounced around what? So you've been on three teams now? Two. I don't know. He's he, he was on the Rangers, the wasn't he? Rangers and, yeah, the, he was. and the Kings. So it's, I mean, he's not really, as even as a hockey player currently, not worth the time of day. But to go and bite someone, I guess you, you got to find some way to make a name for yourself, right? Apparently. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get up there as a, the complete piece of shit like his father. It boggles my mind. I just no don't understand why you would bite somebody. I can yeah, understand if someone puts their finger in your mouth and is saying shit to you. I get that, but but besides that, I mean, come on. No, like I said, you're be a man, punch him in the face. Don't be a child and bite him. And they already punch uh, but, each other in the face. That's the worst part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> the only way you can win is by biting. Jesus Christ, biting. Uh, but oh, we're gonna God. go back to Lucas Raymond. News out of Sweden, Trey Croner didn't include Lucas Raymond initially on its 55-man long list for the Beijing Olympics. He is now one of Sweden's most productive NHLers, and they've requested an exemption from the IIHF to add Lucas Raymond to the Olympic roster. Remember, like, I don't know, five episodes ago, we were talking about who the Olympic hopefuls might be for the Red Wings. We're like, man, Dark Horse is Lucas Raymond. He's really really got to come blow the doors down and then maybe even then because he's so young might not make it but mm-hmm. uh they really really want him now ideally and, i mean it looks that way I should, I should say and we can tell why because ryan brought up quant hockey did a little google search and quanthockey.com for the win they have stats broken out by nationality which i'm surprised it's actually amazing. i'm surprised it's not like that across the board in more stat pages but Anyways, um, after adding a little bit of filters here and there, so you look at active, strictly forwards uh, that are also Swedish. Lucas Raymond is tied with William Nylander for second in Swedish forwards points for the season. 
Now, yeah, point totals. again, now granted, Gabe Landeskog is actually behind him by one point, but with six less games. So there's a few names because of a little bit of injury and bad luck. That's like Philip Forsberg's at 12 games and 11 points. But the fact of the matter is, as the article alludes to, Raymond was left off and now they're kind of in their oh shit moment because this kid is good. Um, and <laughs> he could absolutely help team Sweden. And even if it's in a depth role, if you're going to roll him out there on your fourth line for one, that is great for him to, to grow as a player, even yep. though I'm a little bit selfish and don't want him to go just cause I don't want him to get hurt, but it's the experience, you know, that team Sweden's going to bring something great. And if he's out there getting third, fourth line minutes, potentially hell, they could even put him on the top line for how well he's playing and he can make an impact. You put him out there with a, a Lena Skog and Zabinajed. Okay. Right. Have fun. Philip Forsberg. What's great is he's got the second most points out of Swedish forwards, but he is 16th for time on ice out of Swedish forwards. So mm-hmm. he's doing that with about three less minutes per game. And mind you, these are NHL else. players. Yeah. Yep. Three less minutes per game than everyone else. He's averaging 17 minutes and three seconds, where your top guy right now uh, in points. And his only beating Raymond by two points is Elias Lindholm, who was averaging 20 minutes and two seconds a night. Mm-hmm. So Elias Lindholm is 27. Lucas Raymond's also like the youngest player on the, this list. Yeah, the, the Swedes haven't, I'm not saying they haven't, they haven't produced players um, like they were before, but they're replacing a lot from the last Olympics. Mm-hmm. Like Henrik Zetterberg is not going to be there. The Sedins aren't going to be there. I'm sure there's others that I'm forgetting right now, but there's there's certainly room Fresh for blood. You know, there's a spot to be had, and I feel like Lucas Raymond is one of those guys that I mean, obviously yeah, he's a pretty, house, pretty big household name uh, across the Wings fan base, right? But to make it across the NHL, this this would be huge, and just across the world in general. Now, I don't think that if he goes, he's going to be on the first line or the second line. Ducks, he ends up on a third line with like Nick Backstrom and Patrick Hornquist. Yeah, that's that's horrible, right? <laughs> but I mean, it, it, it's one of those things to me. It's like if he goes, that's huge for his experience. That's huge for his, his image. And I mean, as long as he doesn't get hurt, I have no problem with it. And even if he does yeah. get hurt, I mean, it's kind of a it's it's whatever. I mean, unless Detroit is maintaining what they've got going on, what are they actually at in the standings, to be honest with you? I have no idea. Oh, they were still in the wild card spot the last time I looked, but it's been a little bit. Let me see. Are they? I honestly haven't even paid attention. See, that's how numb I am to knowing like what they have going on the last several years. Is that no? They're Pittsburgh. one point back of Columbus for <laughs> the last playoff spot. They're, the Wings are ten nine and three as of our recording right now. So that's a, that's huge. One two in a row. So that's good. And again, he's he's your top player right now, and it would suck for him to get hurt and miss him. But it's it's literally like every player's dream to play for their country. So it's like right up there with winning the Stanley Cup and playing Olympic hockey for your country. They're like right there. Think of the confidence boost he must have right now, knowing that his national team is asking for an exemption to have him added to their preliminary roster. Yeah, like that's pretty badass. Right. right? Yeah, that's amazing. And, of all, and I mean, it's, it's Sweden. It's one of the elite hockey countries. And he's being proven yourself mm -hmm. enough for your country to say, you know what? We made a mistake by not initially including you. Sorry. We now have to go grovel to the (laughs) IIHF 
to try to get you onto our team, but we're going to do that. We're going to do that for you. Mm -hmm. This is for you. So that's kind of a nice, a nice, sorry for not initially including you. We have to go hold our hats and and go talk to the IAHF to try to get you onto the team. And that's which just, is awesome. Fuck yeah, it is. That's the shock that he's brought across hockey for how he's played. Yeah, it's really, really cool. And I hope, I hope he does make it. Because as a 19-year-old, what is cooler than going to play on your, your Olympic team? And guess it's what? That's going to be jersey sales. Oh, man. It's going to be jersey yeah. sales. Especially in Detroit. Uh, I'd probably buy one, to be honest. I know I should, too. Now, what number is he going to wear, though? Because isn't Ben Larson... Ekman Larson wears 23 or wore 23 uh-huh. in Vancouver. I don't know what number he's wearing. He's No, he's wearing it right now. Or No, with the Canucks. He wore 23 with yeah, the he still is. So he's oh. got to fight Ekman Larson to the death. Well, Ekman Larson's an old man. He'll beat him up. Uh, so, <laughs> He'll wear a high number. And before we get to our mailbag, we're going to take a quick break for a word from DraftKings. Football fans, I'm sure we all love an action-packed, high-scoring NFL game. But with the latest no-brainer from DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, you'll be a winner once a single point is scored. New customers who bet just $1 on any team to score can win $100 in free bets. It's that simple. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the NFL action. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sports Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Bet $1 on any team to score and win $100 in free bets if they score, you score, with promo code THPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. An official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now on to our mailbag questions. We did actually get quite a few questions. In. I'm afraid of this mailbag. Again, if I do a call for a mailbag for you, feel free to submit your questions to us on Twitter. You can also join our Discord where I also take questions for the mailbag. And we are going to actually start off with our Twitter questions. Uh, first from Cameron Nagel at CNagel91 on Twitter. Overall, the wings often look terrible in their own end, struggling to get the puck out and make effective breakout passes. Is just this just the eye test, or do the stats back this observation? Also, are the wing struggles in their defensive end a result of a lack of talent or system? I want to answer the second part first. Uh, yeah, where it's right now, it's a depth issue. Um, you, I think it's a bit. I think it's a bit of both. Yeah, I, but I think it's right now more of a depth issue. Yeah, you've got yeah. DeKaiser as a top pairing for most of the season with cider. DeKaiser's not doing cider any favors. Letty Horonic is a decent pair. Uh, but then you've got our bottom pair has been kind of shaken up. Either Lindstrom is injured. He's back. Now you got Osterley filling in on the bottom pair. You've had Troy Stetcher who is now hurt uh, getting surgery. So it's a lot of inconsistency in depth on defense because guys are going in and out of the lineup. And then you're putting a guy like Danny DeKaiser on the top pair where he, he last I checked his war was at like a 35%. Mm-hmm. And that's not good. So I think it's a little bit of defensive depth, which we will shore up within the next, I mean, few years. You got guys like Edvinson coming in. You've got hopefuls in Wallander and Johansson. Wallander's been doing great overseas this season. So you've got defensive guys coming up. I mean, as far as we talked about last week, Jared McIsaac, who after we talked, went out and got two goals in a game. So you've got depth. First two career goals. Yeah, you've got depth coming up. 
but it's this season's going to be a, a little bit rough. But you, your guys like DeKaiser will be gone next season. He drops off. Troy Stetcher will probably get traded at the deadline if he comes back healthy. I think you're going to keep someone like August Lindstrom, but Osterley's probably not going to come back. There's going to be a lot of defensive change in the next year or two. So I'm not worried about that. Yeah. So Ryan can actually back up the systems portion of it. I, I was going to go on the systems. I feel like they're getting out ahead of themselves. And what I mean by that is you're seeing the breakout happen quick. And a lot of the times it seems like the defensemen are turning to make a play, but no one's necessarily there unless they're going for a line change. That's about when you start. I mean, there's a lot of back and forth and you notice that, especially with the Kaiser and insider really looks for to of playing the puck back around the boards to kind of reset things before the breakout. But I think they're trying to use, and we kind of talked about this before their speed to their advantage and trying to get out of the zone quickly. But, but at the same time, it seems that they, it's just, happening too quickly before say our defensemen have the puck which is leading to them having to hold the puck a little bit longer and thus trying to force something rather than actually being set have a clear lane to move the puck out and and just kind of getting them stuck in their own ways now this is just my very unprofessional view of how things are going but like with cider for instance yeah with with cider cider though i I think more often than not we see him i know we talked touched on the fact that Blashell wants him to see the ice before he makes a play. And you see that a lot with the defensemen. They are looking up ice before they get to the puck to have some happen. But it's almost like that might be a front because a lot of the times, more often than not, you see him do a quick playback around the boards to whoever might be right there behind him. And I think that there's still some lack of chemistry. And that this kind of touches on the lack of talent, maybe. Maybe not so much or just lack of comfort, like comfort that these guys still sort of have with each other. Because if we're seeing the same thing happen with uh, Nick Luddy at times as well, where yep. they're trying to play something and be smart with the puck. And it seemed like a great idea at the time, but then no one's there, whether it be a forward up the boards or the other defenseman trying to cover down to make that extra play that's needed on this quick little chip that they're making to clear the puck out and get it away from danger. And it's creating more danger, thus pinning them back in the zone and having to chase the puck some more. Now, well, are you talking, are you, ta- Ryan, are you talking more when, when someone's coming after them on the boards and instead mm-hmm. of trying to force it up the boards or reversing back to their partner? That's, that's a lot of it. Yes. Because when yeah, they have I to- noticed that a lot too. They have to, there's nothing they can do. The only, yeah. the one thing they could try to do is, is get off the glass and out. But when you watch, yeah, but then you're teams giving away your possession. Do that, exactly. When you watch teams that do that, like just, just go around the league and watch teams that, for the most part, can't make a breakout pass. They're off the glass and out. And those are the teams that aren't very good because that's the only way they can they can exit their zone mm-hmm. um, because they're being pressured so much. A lot of teams like that, a lot of good teams will will pressure younger teams and teams that aren't as good because they, they are going to give up the puck because they're not as experienced or they're just not as good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think yeah. the first part to the question about the eye test showing that they're not able to make effective breakout passes. I think it's hit or miss. I there, you got people like cider who their breakout passes are absolutely excellent. Lindstrom started off doing the same thing. Uh, very effective breakout passes, but then you're, like I said, you're going to get guys like Danny DeKaiser. The breakout pass just isn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. You've got mm-hmm. guys like Osterley who are fringe NHL players. Now, Granted, he's looked decent enough for where they played him on the top pair with Cider. But you're like I said, your your defense is going to see a lot of turnover 
in the next couple of years to where I, I'm not really going to harp on the defense too much because the defensive pieces in place that are good pieces are really good. And we've got more coming up that are, are going to take the place of the ones that are going to fall off. For sure. So the next question from Twitter comes from Matthew Shepard at DC Hockey 97. What do you guys think needs to happen in order for this team to play better on the road? Crowds can only play mm. so much of a factor. And mm. I get it, but LCA has been fucking insane this season. Like, absolutely insane. And DMAC even said, like, you feed off that. Like, that is mm-hmm. energy. Yep. You feed off the crowd energy. Now, looking at a lot of these other arenas, like going into Buffalo, they had, like, sub-AHL attendance in the building. Yeah, they lost 10,000 season ticket holders. I wonder why. Huh. Yeah, it's a shit show. You think it starts with a Jack and ends with an Eichel? I mean, it's <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. I mean, but somewhere like there. I think there's more to it than just that. I think people are just sick and tired of hearing... Hearing uh, from what I've heard of people up in Buffalo, they're just sick and tired of th- this Eichel and Darlene situation was supposed to be the rebuild yeah, that back everyone was looking forward to. And, and, you know, even even if they weren't going to win a Stanley Cup, it was something to look forward to, something to hang their head yeah. on. And it just looks like they're going back into another rebuild. And people are like, yeah, I'm they're not done with that. it. Screw that. Oh, what a goal by Vancouver. Oh, that Connor Garland. Connor Garland's a little fuck, huh? Oh my it God. is Connor Garland. <laughs> Fantasy points. Nice. Oh, he is a little shit. But, but I think, I mean, in order to play, you got to play the same game. Like, it's, I think it's a big consistency thing. We see them mm-hmm. come to Little Caesars. They come out strong. They play a complete game, full 60 minutes, and just start to finish, fight for it. And then you see them play a game on the road, like at Boston, or you see them go into Montreal, and uh, you see them go into the desert and it's just they slow down. They're sluggish. There's not as much jump. It's like there's brain fog. I think it's playing the LCA level of game every single night because you look at I mean, Arizona should not have lost that game. Like we said, should not have lost that game. Not at all. And I can't blame especially because that's like LCA West. Yeah, I can't blame the crowd in Arizona. Because it's it's a Red Wings crowd. It's what it is. The Snowbirds go to Arizona and they all wear Red Wings jerseys to the game. So. Do you think it really is as simple as the fact that they've got first change, so they're losing the matchup game? I mean, if you're losing the matchup game that bad, though, like to look polar opposite at home versus on the road, that's yeah. a, now that that is a coaching issue. If you want to exactly. blame anything on coaching, it's losing the matchup. Um, on the road and if it comes down to that then that's a that's a major issue that needs to get solved quickly but i can't recall it being this bad at at other past i mean previous seasons we were this bad across the board but yeah I, i mean maybe it just seems like a lack of energy is what it seems like it seems like we bring the energy when we're at home and when we're on the road there's just a lower level of energy for some reason mm-hmm. i don't know if I, I i don't know if there's a real good way to explain it i mean yeah it sucks because it is a road game but the way the way to know. fix it is just to play your game that's the way to fix it yeah just continuously do the thing you've been doing at home close your eyes and pretend it well don't close your eyes because you'll something bad will happen <laughs> just pretend it's little caesar's <laughs> arena go in Pretend you get the ah, fake fan noise in your ears. Wear some earbuds with LCA fan noise and our terrible music that the DJ plays. 
But <laughs> you notice they pump in the Let's Go Red Wings chant now. Do they? Mm-hmm. I don't think Why? they do. Yes, they, they do. They don't need to. At the start of a period. They don't know. That's terrible. Stop doing that. You don't pump if, it in. You're, you're just like like as like trying to start the chant. Is that what no? You're he's saying? saying they pump it in over the speakers like a fake. Let's go, Red yeah, Wings. Yeah, it's coming in through the stadium speakers of Let's Go Red Wings. I mean, it does get the crowd going with it, but anyone it, can do been, that. I've noticed that at the start. Yeah, of the that's period. what it's meant to do. A single drunk oh, guy yeah. in row four can start a Let's Go Red Wings chant. But yeah, Matt, that's what we can do. We can play the same exact play consistently every night. And you will win on the road. I, it's all I can really. And Ryan might have something to the missing matchup. But if you're missing matchups like that, like that terribly to look that bad consistently on the road, then that's a big uh-huh. coaching issue. I'm sorry. They just I, I think the biggest thing on the road is they need to stop fucking taking penalties and letting the, the other. I, I know not not Arizona so much, but Boston, Montreal. The, like those crowds feed off power plays you like and, and for some reason the penalty kill obviously it's been a little bit better as of lately. late but what's it lately yeah it's been better lately yeah lately but but they need to stay out of the box especially on the road that's that's a huge thing you can't be giving teams momentum and get give the crowd a reason to believe i remember that boston game that i went to earlier in october and they just couldn't stay out of the box. And, you know, we all know what happened, but they need to stay out of the box. They need to simplify their game and they need to score the first goal. And it doesn't seem like they do that much on the road. And they score the first goal in Arizona. They did score the first goal, first and only goal in Arizona, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, they did. It was Larkin from Raymond. Yeah, that's I mean, that's what they can do to win on the road. So we're going to go to questions from Discord. Uh, Jake asks, who is next for you in the Grand Rapids call-up list and how long do you... Predict- <laughs> I got it, I got yeah, it. We know the answer already. It's apparently Kyle Criscola. <laughs> so we talked about it last week. Our next, my next call-up, if it wasn't Criscola, who might not even play, might be an extra and let Rowney in, would be um, Jonathan Berggren because he's on a heater right now and he's performing very well in Grand Rapids. So Berggren would be my, my next on the call-up list. And that would be ideal. I think that's what we all were kind of hoping for and wanting. Um, but yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with Chris Guello. If I even said that right, yeah, I'm Chris, not surprised because Crisco. Yeah, Crisco. Mm-hmm. I think is is Valino still out? Mm-hmm. Is that the expectation? So, I think that's who he's replacing. To me, it isn't a surprise because it's a center first center. Yep, fourth line and center. I, I think that they still have guys that could play that role in terms of the fourth line center. But at the same time, you don't want to break what's, you know, working necessarily, even though it's not really much of a difference maker on that role on that line. Well, you apparently also so, don't want to take one of Grand Rapids only offensive threats out of the lineup because mm-hmm, Grand Rapids yeah. is not looking too hot right now. No. Which is kind of disappointing. I thought they'd be better. Well, they would have been better if they started the season with Lucas Raymond. That probably would have been that completely true, different. Too. But it was guys that you thought might be there the whole season. Like, Valeno's been up in Detroit for a while now. And uh-huh. you started the season with Lucas Raymond. Those are two big guys for that team that would have been big guys for that team that aren't there. Um, you've you've got Giovanni Smith on the team. Well, you've got Giovanni Smith on the roster now for the whole season. He was a a big guy in Grand Rapids. So uh-huh. that's the thing is that they lost guys that they probably should have had that would have helped them quite a bit. 
I know they're struggling a little bit. I mean, they're still in, I think when I checked when uh, on the last podcast, they were like third in their division in the central or fourth. So they're not doing terribly, but they could use a lot of help. And Jen actually asked a question we'll get to in a little bit about that. Uh, the second part to Jake's question is how long do you predict Zadina stays on the fourth line? And that's rough because mm. I don't think Zadina should be on the fourth line now. I no. I don't think so. Definitely not. He's had some beautiful plays, and I, I swear to God he assisted on that Larkin goal. And I swear to God that was a drop pass, like a touch drop pass to Larkin from Zadina to, to score uh, in the last game. And apparently it wasn't. They gave assists to like Fabry and Hronik. But I swear to God, unless he just didn't touch the puck and let it go past him, but I swear it was a tap pass back. And he's looked really good. Zadina, again, still every night, he looks good. But it could be he's gripping the stick too hard and he's ripping it wide or he's ripping it over the net. I don't think he belongs on the fourth line. I honestly think he should be back up on that second line. And I, it's just whatever Jeff Blashell feels like doing. So I know, I know it wouldn't probably bode well for most because Burt Larkin Raymond's fantastic, yep. but I wouldn't mind seeing him back with Raymond and Larkin. I wouldn't either, especially since Bertuzzi seems to have cooled off a bit. But I mean, well, not necessarily that, but much like Larkin, I think Burt like makes the guys around him better. Yep. I don't think he does it to the, the extent or level that Larkin does, but or at least if try you it for stretch it out, shifts. Try, it, it's what you could do to try to spark Zadina because if yeah. you get him going, there's the extra scoring your team desperately needs. Because I think what Larkin, Raymond Bertuzzi, I think I don't, this was a couple games ago. They were accounting for what forty eight percent of the scoring. Yeah, they they need a little bit more than that. I think Zadina just needs that that booster to get him. He needs that, like you said, that booster to get him going. Get him on the top line for a couple games. Get him a couple goals, and then shift mm-hmm. him down to the second and let him let him go. He just needs to get that that foot out the door to just start yeah. going. Uh, I said this a while ago, and I'll say it again. He reminds me of a little bit more skilled Thomas Tatar. Like I feel like when he scores mm. some goals, they're gonna come in bunches, but he's inconsistent. And he needs to find a way to 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 kind of bridge the gap of when he's not being consistent to where he's scoring a ton of goals. I feel like that's the kind of player he is. And hopefully he can kind of build bridge the gap instead of being an inconsistent player. It's, and I'm not even sure it's a consistency issue because he's consistently good. It's just Mm -hmm. things are going at some point, at some point in time, you got to find the back. So PDO his, like I said, his PDO right now is he's on the unlucky side of it. Once that comes up, he'll start scoring. If he doesn't, then there's an issue. But right now, yeah, problem. what the PDO is showing, the the luck measurement in the NHL, is that mm-hmm. he is right now unlucky. Things that should be going in aren't going in. So, it's, I mean, it is what it is, but I don't think he should be on the fourth line to begin with. I would predict maybe Zadina's on the fourth line a couple more 20. games because the past few games he has looked really good. So you know what he's doing right now is he's getting the Mantha treatment. Mm-hmm. We not. As, that's what is that not what he did to Mantha a couple of years ago? Well, he benched Mantha. Well, he benched him, but he also dropped him to the fourth line. Now the, not it's helpful. also the, that's not helpful though. But the difference here is though, it's not due to a lack of effort. No, not at all. It's a lack of luck right now. It's a lack mm-hmm. of luck. He just can't get it in. 
Uh-huh. That's what she said. <laughs> and that's his, he's there to score goals. He's not scoring goals the way he should be. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing with him is, is just getting them going. And once you get them going, yep, that's why you throw him up there with Larkin way. and Raymond. I know it takes away an aggressive like avenue of things because sure. Raymond's not out there to throw a body around. Larkin will do it. Bert is going to go pretty much kick you in the dick and, and laugh about it. But <laughs> Zadina won't. It also gives you a chance to reunite that Guelph line and see what can happen, right? Oh, Suter, everyone wants to see uh, it happen. Fabry. Yeah, that'd be beautiful. So uh, that's what they'll do with Zadina. I don't, I think it'll last a couple more games and then they'll, they'll shift. We could use up. a lot more from Fabry and Suter as well. Yeah. So put Bert with them and see what can happen. Mm-hmm. From Constrictor. In previous years, the Wings have been fairly successful recruiting directly from the college free agent pool. Are there any that have caught your eye and would they be worth bringing in for a look? So right now I've got three, one who's on a pro contract, but not in the NHL. So you've got Chase Primo, uh, Chase Primo. I hate how he spells his name. C-H-A-Y-S-E. He doesn't spell his name like that. His parents did. Wait, what? Yeah, Chase, C-H-A-Y-S-E. They had a sneak well, of like Y in there. Keith. He's 24 years old, six foot, 385 pounds, tall guy. It's it's Iserman's size range. His father Uh is Keith Primo. Yes, absolutely. Uh, He right now plays for the University of Nebraska. Omaha has 10 points in nine games. He has some offensive talent. Uh, Last season in 26 games, he had 23 points. He has improved. I'm Ron Burgundy. He has improved every season. Uh, He's a left (laughs) shot winger. That is a guy I would give a chance to, again, just to maybe find some kind of stability in your fourth line. It seems we have Do you think no that's what they go for? What do you mean? Like what I mean is a winger. Do you think they go forward route rather than defenseman? Well, I've got a defenseman on my list too, but this is a, a, a college free agent who... Well, sure. That's just more of a generalized thought. Do you think that the focus by that point, I guess a lot of it's going to be dictated by the trade deadline yes. if they make moves there. Yes, I would say forward. Forward seems to be more logical to be, me because that's where the bang for the bucks come in. Well, yeah. Plus, I plus you got to think we've got defensemen coming in or that are going to be trying to come in. So, yes. if you go ahead and get, I mean, you know, Danny DeKaiser's out. If you think Edvinson can come in next season, maybe, and and try to earn a spot. I think that's going to be an expectation at this yeah, point. Yeah, I mean, the only reason that Cider didn't play was because he went and he went over to Sweden because of the AHL issues. So mm-hmm. it's which that worked out great. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, Primo is one you could take a look at uh, watching video of him. I mean, he's a solid forward. He could be a depth forward on the team. And like I said, we need to shore up our bottom six because mm-hmm. nothing's really happening. Our top, not even our top six, our top line is carrying the team. So we've gotten some more out of Nemestikov, but we could make that interesting now and just go trade for Jake DeBrusque, who apparently I, wants no, out of Boston. No, no. No, I've seen I've seen a lot of him. No, you don't want him. Mm. Maybe maybe a change of scenery would help. You don't want to have to give up a lot for him. I don't think it would take a lot, but I mean, (laughs) Nemesnikov in a fifth. I wouldn't trade Nemesnikov for Jake DeBrusque. Really? How old is DeBrusque? Is he like 23? DeBrusque is a young guy, but he he feels like he he should play a lot bigger than than he does. Like he's. He's a pretty fast guy. He's just not physical enough for his size. He should be a lot more physical, and he should also be more consistent. I think a lot of the problem happened when when David Krejci left for uh, the Czech Republic. I think that's the, that's some of the issue. But even then, 
he he didn't do that well last year either. So actually, he found himself on the fourth line and up in up in the press box a couple times too, from my understanding. So I, I am out on him unless it's for not a lot, like a, a Fabry kind of deal. Well, I mean, he's only he's making what three, six, seven, five right now. Something's yeah. got to be happening with him. In 2017-18, he had 43 points in 70 games. 2018-19, he had 42 in 68. 2019-20, he had 35 and 65. And yeah. then, I mean, last season, he had 14 points in 41 games. And this season, he's mm-hmm. got six points in 17 games. I would completely trade a Vlad Nemestikov for him. Absolutely. Okay. Hands down. I'd give up Vlad and a pick for a Jake. I'd have to think about it. I would be against it. It's, I mean, the, the more I think about it, because you're going several years younger. Yep. Both these guys are on similar contracts right now because I think Vlad's, I forget what he's at. but And we know how uh, Iserman swings for the fences with Reclamation Project. So, mm-hmm. And I wouldn't even consider DeBrusque a Reclamation Project at this point. And, and he's still an RFA. Sure, yeah. And if he's just unhappy, then, I mean, a change of scenery could do him good. But Do I you mean, think Boston's trading in, in the division, though? That's my other part of it. I don't think Boston's trading in the division. Because you give DeBrusque to Detroit and he goes back to a 45 point player. That's not oh. a that's not a good look. Especially for where they're at in their uh cup years. Yeah. Um, but another What's player, another college player I was taking a look at was Akito Hiroshi, who is Taro Hiroshi's brother. He is a defenseman, six foot one hundred and seventy pounds. He's twenty-two. Uh, uh six foot one ninety-one as of uh, a November twenty-fifth article. Ah, okay. Well, he gained uh, twenty. He's had some beefcake. Uh, but he plays for Minnesota State right now. Uh, Minnesota Mankato. Mankato. He has ten points in twelve games. He is more of an offensive defenseman. He is a left shot. So he's played. We have a weakness on the left side currently. Um, that is evident. So I think if you could bring him in, I don't think Osterley has much of a future in Detroit. Even though it was a nice, heartwarming kind of signing. He's a little older. Um, Hiroshi's only 22. And all, all signs point to positive stuff for Akito Hiroshi as, as a puck-moving offensive uh, defenseman that could play in your uh, bottom two pairs. So that's, that's one I would look at. And if you're going goalie, of course, Strauss Mann, who played for the University of Michigan, he did sign an SHL contract. He is playing for Skleftia in the SHL, has nine games played, a 1.78 goals against, and a 9.29 save percentage. Just for that goaltending, you can never have too much goaltending. And the way Bradstrom's playing right now is kind of really upsetting. So <laughs> Strauss uh, Mann was good at Michigan. He was, and he's only 23 years old, and I'm surprised no one picked him up. I think he was a senior the last year COVID hit. I think he would he would start to heat up really well, and then COVID. Actually, the whole Michigan hockey team was starting to heat up, and then COVID hit. And I think he was a senior that year. He I played don't... three years at University of Michigan, Tyler. Oh, so he just left then. So 2018, 19, 21 games played a 291 goals against and an 895 save percentage. 19, 20, he had 35 games played a 185 and a 939 out of 35 games. And then it, last season, 2020-21, he was the captain of the University of Michigan team. 21 games played, a 189 goals against, and a 930 save percentage. And off of those, as an undrafted goalie, like you got to figure some team who's struggling with goaltending is going to take a flyer on you and see what can happen, but no one did. So 
I mean, he's got an epic name, so I think that alone would actually be beneficial. The man. <laughs> I could also backfire horribly. So yeah, he's. I guess he wasn't the man tonight. <laughs> but I was. There's. Yeah, it's a great laugh, Tyler. It's a uh, there, slapper. there are some teams though. There, like their goaltending is not good, and. I mean, you can pick up a kid that's young like that who performed great in college. Granted, he played for one of the best teams in the country. Mm. I mean, he's going over to Sweden now and he's proving that he can repeat his game in a men's league. So maybe after this year, he he gets a contract uh, with an NHL team. But I think he would have been worth a shot, at least as a backup role on a team going into the season this season. But that's one that I would keep my eye on as an undrafted free agent from college. So our next question comes from Pete. Pete says, "Minus Mo and Razor, who's you, on the ro- <laughs> who's on the <laughs> roster right now that you would consider the biggest surprise?" And from each of us, I want to do a good surprise mm. and a not good surprise with little to no reasoning. So yeah, uh, and we'll start with Tyler on this one. Good surprise. We'll start with a good one. Um, That's what you just said. I'm gonna so go continue. I'm going to go with Dylan Larkin bouncing back. Okay. And as That's for a, surprise? a not so good. Oh, sorry. I said no explanation. Keep going. I think it's a surprise because you didn't know what was going to happen. He he was injured. He had surgery. So, I mean, you really weren't sure what was going to happen. You thought he might bounce back, but I think it's a little surprising. Plus, he's scoring goals as well now, which is good. Dylan um, Larkin didn't have surgery. People keep no. saying he had surgery. No, he, he did didn't not have, have surgery. surgery. You're right, he didn't. No. He, he's recovering from the neck injury. Yes. Yes. Either way, Dylan Larkin, not cool. so not so good surprise as we've said. Philip Sedina is another guy. He needs to start putting the puck in the back of the net. Ryan, my surprise, my good surprise, I think, is Vladimirstikov. It's simple. I mean, he's outperforming. I mean, maybe you could say that he's doing what he has to, but I I think the way he's performed has been fantastic. And then my bad surprise, Giovanni Smith. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. I mean, it's a good, bad one, but my Ugh. good surprise. Unfortunately. My good surprise, and this will just make Pete's pants tight, Jeff Blaschel. Uh, Jeff Ooh. Blaschel is my good surprise. Uh, because that's fair. I like that Jeff one. Blaschel's doing my bad surprise as of right now. And this will actually lead into our next question. Alex Tangay, uh, who started off the season hot and our power play has yeah. not been great the past uh, stretch here. And that leads us into the final question of the night. Jen's question. How do you fix our play in both Detroit and Grand Rapids? Grand Rapids. I can't help you be better. I get good. That's my advice, I guess. <laughs> right. <laughs> Pray to all the gods. In Detroit, it's go back to what you did in preseason. Move the puck. It seems like they went yep. back to to dumping it They're into now, the zone the, on the power play. Like, stop doing that. You know what else they should do is quit being so worried about having two power play units and just yeah. stack that fucking first unit. Yeah, or roll the first unit out like initially. Stop starting. Stop starting with your nope. second power. Oh player. my god, that drives stop me insane. That. that drives me that, insane. I get it when they do that because a lot of the times it seems that Larkin's line is on the ice and they're drawing the penalties. But give him a thirty second breather and get him right back out there. You look at teams, 
that fucking dominate on the power play, i.e. Washington Capitals. Alex Ovechkin's out there for 60 seconds on a shift. Penalty happens, and guess where he's still at? He's out there for another 120 seconds. And I feel like Larkin tries to do that. Larkin tries to do that, and I don't know if they call him back to the bench or or what, but it's like... They need to ride their top players at all times on the power play because when you've got Larkin, Raymond, Burt, uh, you can start mixing it up. You get Cider out there, and then you have one other like Fabry for a bumper or Nick Luddy, even if you're going to roll two, because Luddy's good with yep. the puck movement, or you throw Heronic down in on in Ovi's office. And you kind of, you, the biggest thing is that all those guys are great at moving the puck. Mm-hmm. And when they're trying to break them up and be a little bit more cute, I guess you could say that's where the, to me, that's where they're struggling. They're, they're they don't, they lost the identity they had at the start of the season and in the, in the preseason. And that was boom, 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 shot. Fast. Score. Fast, aggressive puck movement and shoot the fucking puck. It's the old school Red Wings of you go back to the mid to late 90s. It was pass, 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 shoot. You yeah. were you, you could almost expect three to four passes from that roster. And it was just the way that they were set up. But it led to open avenues for to guys like Brendan Shanahan yeah. to unload everything into a one-timer. I've think, gone back to yelling shoot at my TV. Yeah I, yeah, I I think one thing that people just need to realize with teams that aren't as skilled and as good as like Washington or like like you're, you're talking about those 90s Red Wings teams or early 2000s or whatever. Like when you have good players like that, you can afford to make five different five different passes and and, and get the perfect shot. I'm not saying go out there and just take a million shots into guys' shin pads and and have them go back the other way on breakaways. But when you have a lane to the net, just fucking take the shot instead of trying to set up Raymond or trying to set up Larkin for a one-timer. Just fucking shoot the puck. You have guys in front. um, rebound. Exactly. Get back to basics. Back to basics on the power play. But, I mean, to that point, though, when you've got your better talent on the ice on this power play, We've seen the goals that come from it, i.e. Raymond's goals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We've seen how the puck, it happens to hit Bertuzzi backside wide open because they're moving the puck efficiently and fast. Yep. When they, If they get back to that, just put your talent on the ice and go with it. Our plays are all about catching the other team off guard. This team is not deep. I get that. But when you put your best players on the ice, we, I mean, we see it uh, when they have an extra skater out there. The yep. puck movement's fantastic. Yep. Do it for the power play. I agree. Um, but that will conclude our mailbag for the night. I'm surprised no one for their disappointment or their bad surprise picked Michael Rasmussen. Uh, mm. That's the other one. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, but we're going to sign off tonight. And I want to do final thoughts. And we're going to start with Ryan. Uh, final thoughts. He's going to start right. watching hockey again. Yeah, I've been. It's been a long week and a half of not watching hockey. The holidays were fucking nuts. That yeah. was, yeah. So, yay, hockey. I go on vacation in a week, so oh. I won't be recording next week. Just FYI, I'll be in You're the Dominican going to Republic. My homeland. Unless you want me fucked Boston, up recording with you at, at down in the Dominican, I can totally do that, but it's not going to end well. So, have fun. And I won't be watching hockey that week either. I love you guys. Sure you will. Sure you will. Uh, I won't remember it. (laughs) You're going to be that drunk. Oh, man. When I went to Mexico, I started drinking 
I started drinking at nine in the morning when I woke up and didn't stop until like 3 a.m. Go, go, go to the buffet, get your mimosa and just yep. start at it. Man. Yeah, I don't think I've been as drunk in a long time as I was on Saturday. That was about as as fantastic of a day that I've had. And it was about a day and a half because the Patriots played the next day. And I went out and watched the Patriots game, too. So anyways, final, final thoughts. thoughts. Hopefully the wings can win while I'm in attendance tomorrow. That would be nice. Yeah, you're you're really fucking that one up, right? Dylan now. Larkin's in the lineup tomorrow, hopefully. So um, you know that wait, that's... why is that a hopefully? No, he's in the lineup. Well, you because he wasn't the that. last time. That's why. Don't say it like that. Okay, Dylan Larkin's in the lineup tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so that should be fun. I'm, I'm definitely excited to get back and see the boys, probably for the last time, uh, at least in Boston this year. Um, got the Lucas Raymond jersey finally. Finally came in from our friends at Vintage Detroit. They hooked me up big time. Um, but anyways, yeah, hopefully they can they can score in the power play. Hopefully they can go out there and win a road game and extend this win streak to three games. And, uh, you know, we're past American Thanksgiving and the wings are in it. So hopefully that will be a sign of things to come. Follow me on Twitter at SealDog91. Go Wings and go Blue. My final thought. Yeah, we didn't talk about that Hail for Ryan's mental health. Pictures. But my final thoughts are going to be let's get Lucas Raymond into those Olympics and let's get uh, Cider and Raymond into the All-Star game. Let's do that, both of them. And there's no reason they shouldn't be there. They're the top two rookies in the league. So, uh, I mean, by a wide, 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 wide margin. So let's do that. Let's get them in those games. Uh, you can follow me online at Bringing the Wing. You follow Grindline Podcast online at Grindline Pod. Like Tyler was saying, check out our friends at Vintage Detroit. You can follow them on Twitter. I think it is at Vintage Detroit Collection. Uh, or you can follow them on Instagram too at Vintage Detroit. They are awesome. Uh, their whole operation is awesome. Lynn over there is amazing. Um, we're working I've got another with- jersey to take their way. We're going to work with them for a few more giveaways and, and working with our merch. Uh, you can also go to howieshockeytape.com, use promo code GRINDLINE to get 10% off your order and use that same promo code on Bring Hockey Back to get 12% off your order. You can also check out our merch shop. If you go to redbubble.com and search the GRINDLINE, you will find our t-shirts and designs that you can get on really a ton of things from pins to stickers to mugs to bottles to whatever you want to put a design a shower curtains and bath mats and all this weird shit i want to see that can someone order a shower, a shower curtain? curtain yeah i'll use our funds to order a shower curtain for my bathroom ryan need to get the mo with the flow one on there because oh, it's like yeah. you get out and you got the flow going yeah that'd so also be kind of creepy sitting there naked with a, a mo cider shower curtain staring at you moving his hair something <laughs> i like that actually actually <laughs> Or you could get it on a bath mat and then you walk over him as you get out of the shower. Oh, <laughs> straight dude shot for Mo every day. <laughs> but that's going to do it for us tonight. So for Ryan and Tyler, I am Greg. You stay classy, Hockey Town.